0: Hello and welcome back to Commodity Conversations by the team at Mercado, the podcast where we aim to keep you up to date with the latest trends, drivers and moves in livestock, grain and fibre markets. I'm Olivia Agar, thank you for listening in to another episode for what is some big news stories this week and a lot of factors driving ag markets to get a handle on, so lucky we have Robert Herman and Adrian Ladoniski from Mercado to dive into them for livestock this week. The big headline that caught us off guard earlier in the week was the cases of mad cow disease in Brazil and the immediate halt on beef exports to China. The 2021 harvest has also started in central Queensland and we also got an update on what to expect this harvest. So ABARES released their September crop update, estimating that winter crop acreage is estimated at a record 23.24 million hectares. Which is 2.7% higher than last year and mainly driven by WA. But winter crop yields are forecast to fall from last year's levels in most states. So while yields are still tipped to be above average, production is unlikely to hit those record levels. And on the back of that news, the ASX wheat futures did fall $4 a tonne over the week to $335 a tonne. The wool market bounced this week in some positive news, though. Prices were up with the eastern market indicator lifting 2%, and that was even with bales sold being 7% higher than the week prior. So higher price, higher supply, a very good outcome. And now I better leave something for Rob and Adrian to talk about now, but I know they have a lot to recap on in livestock markets, so I will hand over the mic after a thank you to today's Commodity conversation sponsor.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Commodity Conversations. This week is brought to you by ProAdvice. ProAdvice offer tailored services to suit your accounting needs. They have a long history of working with farming families and they understand the day-to-day realities and challenges of farm life. Whether it be strategic and succession planning, improving your communication and decision-making, or accounting services and business software solutions, ProAdvice will help your farm run more efficiently. Hop on their website or give them a call to find out more. Well, Rob, it's been a really upbeat um, <clears throat> week in cattle with uh, heavy cattle finally coming off that three-week slide that we saw where they came off 7%, and they've jumped an extraordinary 9%. The is back over 1,000, 3,019. And in general, the <clears throat> the sentiment within the market just seems much more um, much more positive, Rob. I guess overall, I guess what we're looking at is the um, supply-demand balance uh, is essentially... Um, Essentially tightens substantially, uh, especially for young cattle, uh, where we get quite low volumes of ECI eligible uh, cattle at the moment. Um, we were seeing a little bit of a, a bit of a price depression um, last week um, in central northern Queensland uh, with the key areas of North Roma store uh, coming off over a dollar last week, uh, but they've lifted back up now uh, to 988 cents um, uh, as a result their yardings coming down about 24%. Internationally, um, the 90 has moved back a little bit, but we've just come off Labor Day um, in the US. Um, and also the Australian dollar um, was a bit stronger um, last week, um, which depressed the prices in uh, Australian dollar terms. Well, according to Steiner, buyers will generally um, settle their laurels uh, around about this time of year. So a bit of a, bit of a dip um, in the 90CL key prices is not really that much of a surprise.
2: Um, the other big news of the week, Adrian, was, um, first of all, Brazil uh, notifying that they had a BSE case and then the late news of the week saying that uh, they wouldn't be out of the market for long. So I suppose that's um, got, got markets in a bit of a swirl trying to understand what all that means.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, look, there was a lot of excitement over that. Um, I guess considering that, um, that Brazil accounted for over 40% of, uh, of China's imports, and more than sixty percent of their production was heading out to China, um, and that not to mention the fact that they we the biggest exporter of, um, of beef in the world at two and a half million tons, which is close to you know double what Australia does. It could have been absolutely massive news, but well, it, it's all sort of fizzled out now, hasn't it, Rob?
2: So, yeah, it has, and uh, I suppose that you know you, you could take a cynical view and say, well. Perhaps that's a pragmatic approach, given the tight supply of uh, red meat protein in the world. Um, but we do know that uh, there's massive supplies of beef in South America. And of course, we all watch that every every year, thinking that uh, when is it finally going to really impact on us? But it just seems like there's something all the time that comes out. So is there anything else um, for this week that you sort of thought was was beef orientated that was, was noteworthy, Adrian? On that mad cow side of things, um, um, Rob, look.
1: I guess the government response is essentially looking looking like it's all been brushed aside. But a, a mad cow scare um, from South American beef, you look at it, and that certainly can't be good for consumer sentiment for, towards imported beef from South America. Now, the volumes might still be going into other countries, but. But what will consumers be thinking about eating Brazilian beef um, going forward, um, and will that actually be beneficial to to other countries with, with a better traceability history um, and animal health history, like Australia?
2: Yes, well, that's it's a pretty open question, um, and I think Adrian, my preference would be on this, be on the side of the country that doesn't have BSE, but. There's no doubt beef, like a lot of commodities, finds a market for uh, almost every bit of the of the animal, and uh, and it finds a market for almost any animal that's slaughtered, and and put into the market. So, the South American beef will continue to find markets. Um, I would, I would say without any, I'd say with a lot of confidence that this is one thing they would have rather not had. I'm just going to. Um, it's interesting we don't get any competition for. Um, for our lamb and sheep meat from South America. It's not a very big market over there. And uh, as we've talked about before, we are the largest exporter and along with New Zealand, we dominate the export market of lamb and sheep meat into the, into the world. But um, this week I was interested in reading Liv's article and uh, she titled it Snakes and Ladders for Lamb and Mutton on cardo this week. And, the, and I guess the snakes and ladders is referring to the fact that the Eastern States trade lamb indicator Uh, was actually dearer and uh, the mutton indicator was actually cheaper and it's a funny thing we would have thought back a few months ago when we were doing our spring projections that at this time of the year the eastern states trade lamb indicator would start to get softer and weaken based on uh, supply the supply is a little bit running a little bit behind in terms of the lambs being finished not not in numbers they're not running behind but in terms of where the lambs are situated we spoke to an agent this week and uh, in New South Wales, another one in Victoria, and they were telling us that the lambs are two to three weeks behind because of the wet and, um, and, and the cold winter. That's but, right. Well, um,
1: sheep sheep do need a little bit of sunshine to, to um, go well, don't they, Rob? So,
2: Yeah, look, it, it just puts the shine on the lambs especially, and, and people talk about them going woolly, which is just a really saying that uh, they haven't really grown into their skins yet. They look a little bit shaggy, but that that'll change. But what was interesting is that even though we've got, um, you know, good supply um, coming through relative to through the slaughter chains relative to other years, the um, the pressure that's being felt by processes with the constraints as a result of COVID um, are starting to, to kick in a little bit. And I think that might explain why we saw Um, demand for mutton ease a bit and the demand for lamb uh, remains strong and it it could could be that there's a switch away from mutton slaughter on the chains to take advantage of this spring lamb and the other I mean there are a couple of factors in that we had um, uh, Fletchers in Dubbo were impacted by COVID and had to shut up and then opened up and then shut up again Uh, and you've also got the um, Meatworks in Victoria being told that they have to reduce to eighty percent of capacity, uh, to to as a government directive uh, in their mitigation and efforts against COVID. Uh, the Australian Meat Industry Council and particularly Patrick Hutchison was really vocal this week in in calling that out as being pretty poor form. And I think we've all got our views on that. That you know perhaps it is a bit of an overreaction by the government. But it's been interesting that the. You know, the difficulty that um, processes are having is not impacting on the market in terms of the lamb price. And I think that underscores the demand, the, the demand that we're, we we suspect is out there. I think it also is going to play out into some frustration for these processes, Adrian, because they're going to see lamb supply ramp up. There's no doubt about that. Um, but their ability to, to capitalize on that when you've got good supply and good demand is going to be curtailed. It's gonna be curtailed firstly, because they're not they're restricted in their um, processing capacity back to 80% of, of what they were, but also in their ability in regional areas to attract labor. And we spoke to Gundagai Meets to Will Barton a few weeks ago, and he noted that they normally increase by about 20% their labor force, and that's going to be difficult to do. So right now we're seeing lambs coming onto the market that uh, we saw a big offering of Merino lambs on Auctions Plus again. We're seeing lambs come onto the market that are going to be turned out and come back in again next year. And as our analysis is showing, that's a pretty good move. It's a good move for the processors because it pushes their supply back and spreads it out a bit more. But we think it'll also be good for price because that heavy lamb indicator And I know Liv made the the comment this week, heavy lambs continue to test their limits and and rose another 21 cents. They're sitting at 966 cents a kilogram carcass weight. Um, Now, while we can't foresee the future, what we can see is what happened in previous years, and that is that the February, March, April heavy lamb price is usually in line with where the market is now or maybe even slightly higher. So if that's the case then these lambs that are being turned out are going to come back in as heavy lambs, uh, end up probably in the US market where most of those heavy lambs are are destined for and and return a pretty good return. So, um, Adrian, it's interesting. We've got, on the one hand, we've got a lot of international factors uh, in the beef market. Um, But in Australia, we've got a lot of domestic factors impacting on the lamb market. So I guess that's the sort of... uh, that's the sort of dynamics we see in markets, and that's what keeps us all uh, interested and engaged. I guess
1: one of the fortunate things I guess we look at here with the domestic land market, particularly this season, is that we, we're not in a, in a drought situation at the moment. Our backs are not, the, produ- the backs of producers aren't up against the wall where,
2: where lambs really need to be turned off. They have options to hold on. It's a, it's a good point. Uh, they not only do they have options to hold on, but when they, if they're if they deciding to sell their lambs as it's part of their normal program, there's plenty of people lined up to buy them. Right. So we're, we're seeing prices that range from around about 145 dollars $150 for Merino weather lambs on auctions plus up to $200 a lamb for, you know, genuine well-bred restocker lambs. So people are actually turning those lambs out. Um, it's always a bit of a, at those high prices, people think, well, you know, are we, going, are we making a big mistake here and is it going to, to all turn pear shape when we come to sell them? What we're seeing with the demand for heavy lamb in the US, um, the, the likelihood that that demand is going to be maintained through into the new year, we're, we're seeing that the prices we're seeing now for heavy lambs and noting uh, Liv's comments this week that, um, you know, they almost set another record uh, we're, we're expecting that those prices will hang around and certainly be there for when these um, lambs come back in. So that's that's good news. And as I noted today, talking to one of the agents, I said, if you're putting on a kilogram of carcass weight at $9 a kilogram, it's a different equation if you're putting on a kilogram of carcass weight at $5 a kilogram. So those high dollar, cents per kilogram come into play when you've got you know, good lambs, you're turning them out, onto country that's got the capacity for them to put on their 150 to 200 grams a day. Uh, it's, it's looking good. And of course, all this plays into the whole agricultural field where at the moment, everybody's optimistic, everybody's happy. It's still raining down here and uh, we're looking for a bit of sunshine, but uh, let's see how this all unfolds. So thanks, Adrian. Thank you, Rob. And, and look, we'll be back again next week. Um, we'll have another set of uh, thoughts and ideas for you, but if you really want to get to the crux of what's going on, have a look at mercado.com.au and you can see where all of our analysts uh, are publishing each week. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'll leave Liv summed up and, uh, and, and sign off for now. Thanks, Liv.
0: You pretty much said it all for me there, Rob, but thank you to you and Adrian for your discussion today. A lot of abnormal global and local issues impacting markets at the moment. But I think it was Jason Strong from MLA who said that abnormal is really normal in livestock markets, particularly in the last few years. So I appreciate your work in helping us understand what it all means. To our listeners, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit subscribe, share it around and give us a review or rating. And until next week, take care.